the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Even those who are far off will help build the temple and the kingdom age. Who are those who are afar off? Gentile believers. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. We were once far away from God. We've been brought near to him now through the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed for us. Jesus' work on the cross was so profound. Most of us are members of that far-off group, Gentiles unfamiliar with Judaism and God's chosen nation. We don't quite fathom just how big of a deal it was for Jesus to do what he did. His death on the cross was a sacrifice for all people. He made a way for Jew and Gentile to be rescued from sin and made righteous. As Pastor Dan will point out in today's message, for the Jews, the Messiah was for them, not for the Gentiles. But Jesus tore down that barrier. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 5 with today's edition of Ring of Truth. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Once the system is brought down, the kings of the earth will lament. Politicians, they'll lament that this system has been destroyed because the politicians are getting rich off this system during the tribulation period. Uh, Verse 10, standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, the great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of, look at the list here, gold, silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, exotic woods, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, and marble. These are, these are expensive commodities. And cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil, frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, chariots. Look at the end of verse 13. Bodies, souls of men. That's part of the economy under the Antichrist. It's part of our economy too. It's just part of like this underground economy right now. But during the time of the Antichrist, none of this stuff is is kept in the dark anymore. It's just part of the it's part of the system. And everybody is getting getting a piece of the action. All the politicians, all the merchants. Look at verse 15. 
The merchants of these things who become rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster. Now this is written 2,000 years ago. And 2,000 years ago, the primary way that goods were transported around the world was by ship. You know what the primary way the goods are transported around the world today is? Ships. You know, if we had some other way of transporting goods today, we could say, well, this, this, is, this is irrelevant. But it's just as relevant today. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, as many as trade on the sea, stood at a dis- distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what is like this great city? They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, the great city, which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth. For in one hour she is made desolate. But in heaven, there's rejoicing. Rejoice over her, O heaven. And you, holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. And so there's going to be this economic system and you have you have it at least in part, already in the world. We've had it in the world since the time of the Babylonian Empire. And you you have it today. You know, you have uh, politicians that are getting rich off of this system and merchants getting rich off of this this wicked system that's described here. You know, today you you have, you know, multinational corporations that have great influence over politicians. Uh, You have billionaires who are spending millions of dollars to influence the outcome of elections in our country, right? And so we we see this already in play in the system that we're in. We're, we're, you know, but it's a system that is corrupt, and it's a system that's exploiting people, and it's wicked. And so now turn back with me to Zechariah chapter 5. That's the system that he sees here in this vision uh, in Zechariah chapter 5. With this woman in a basket. And look at that. Look at verse 9 again. It says, Then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were two women coming with the wind in their wings. For they had wings like the wings of a stork. You should note that. The wings of a stork. And they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. And so I said the, to the angel who talked with me, Where are they carrying the basket? And he said to me, To build a house or a temple for it in the land of Shinar, where it is ready, uh, when it is ready, the basket will be set there on its base or on a pedestal. So these two women come, they have wings of a stork. Now, storks were unclean birds. And so again, for the Jews reading this, that's an unclean bird. So this symbolizes something unclean, maybe something demonic, protecting and guarding this wicked, corrupt system, this wicked economic system, until the, until the right time, until the time is ready. And they take this basket, this system, is carried to Shinar. Shinar is in the land of Babylon. The Tower of Babel was constructed in the plain of Shinar. And if you remember the story of the Tower of Babel back in the book of Genesis, the Tower of Babel is symbolic of the rebellion of man against God. Remember, it's right after the flood of Noah, and mankind decides we're going to build a tower up to heaven. We can be our own God. And if you read the passage, it says that they put pitch on the stones of the tower. They waterproofed the tower. Just in case God decides to judge the earth again, we're going to be ready this time. 
We're going to make a waterproof tower. You know, give it your best shot, God. But it's symbolic of the rebellion of man. And so all the way back in the book of Genesis, you've you've got this, this rebellion of man. And there's this thread of that rebellion throughout history. And it's going to reach its zenith, its peak under the Antichrist during the tribulation period. The whole system is going to be this rebellious system. Remember, Jesus said in the last days, lawlessness will abound. He doesn't mean that people are going to be breaking traffic laws. It means people are going to be rebelling against God's law in the last days. And so this is the system that Jesus will destroy at his second coming. Now, that brings us to chapter six. And in chapter six, we have the eighth and final vision Zechariah received. Look at verse one. Then I turned and raised my eyes and looked and behold, four chariots were coming from between two mountains and the mountains were mountains of bronze. With the first chariot were red horses, with the second chariot, black horses, with the third chariot, white horses, and with the fourth chariot, dappled horses, strong steeds. And then I answered and said to the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? And the angel answered and said to me, these are four spirits of heaven who go out from their station before the Lord of all the earth. The one with the black horses is going to the north country. The white are going after them and the dappled are going toward the south country. Then the strong steeds went out eager to go that they might walk to and fro throughout the earth. And he said, go walk to and fro throughout the earth. So they walked to and fro throughout the earth. And he called to me and spoke to me saying, see, those who go toward the north country have given rest to my spirit. In the north country, in this final vision, Zechariah sees four chariots uh, with horses that were coming. Look back up at verse one. They were coming from between two mountains and were told that the two mountains were mountains of bronze. Now, anytime the Bible includes some detail like that, you always have to ask the question, why do I need to know that? Why? You know, there's a limited number of words in the Bible, right? And so if God puts something in there, there's a reason for it. And so I need to ask the question, why should I know that the mountains are mountains of bronze? Well, bronze in the Bible is symbolic of God's judgment. Uh, You have the bronze altar, for example, at the tabernacle in Exodus 27, where animals were sacrificed. Uh, You have the bronze serpent, right? Remember that in the wilderness in Numbers chapter 21. So bronze is a symbol of God's judgment And these two mountains are mountains of bronze. And so this is God's judgment coming forth into the earth. Some some Bible teachers believe these two mountains are Mount Zion and Mount and the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And and these four chariots now, they represent the angels of the Lord who will execute judgment upon the earth on behalf of the Lord during the tribulation period. Even the reading here uh, in verses two and three about the red horses and the black horses and the white horses the dappled horses, that reminds us of Revelation chapter 6, when the judgments begin and these, these uh, horses of the apocalypse go out to spread judgment upon the earth. And we have a similar picture here during the tribulation period. Notice in verse 6, they go out to the north and they go down to the south. They don't go east, they don't go west. Uh, Israel's enemies were always to the north or to the south. To the north, you had Assyria and Babylon. 
the Roman army came in from the north. To the south, you had the Egyptians, the Egyptian empire. Uh, to, the, to the west, you had the Mediterranean Sea. To the east, you had a desert. So Israel was never invaded from the west or from the east, always from the north and the south. And so this judgment goes out against the enemies of Israel, God's chosen people. And look at verse 8 again. Verse 8 says this judgment gives rest to the spirit of the Lord. This judgment satisfies God. This judgment gives, gives God rest. Now, in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is described as the propitiation for our sins. The propitiation for our sins. That's a big word. That's a big Bible word. But the word propitiation it means, it's telling us that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins, it satisfied the wrath of God. It satisfied the wrath of God. That's what the word propitiation means. That God's wrath and anger against our sin was satisfied by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He was appeased, if you will. The Bible says we have peace with God. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ shed in our place as our substitute. It satisfied God's anger. It satisfied God's wrath against sin. So now that brings us to verse 9. Verse 9 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Receive the gift from the captives from Helde, Tobiah, and Jediah, who have come from Babylon and go the same day and enter the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah. Remember, Josiah is the high priest. Right? So these, these are Jews who, who have come from Babylon now. And they bring gifts with them to the temple. Verse 11, it says, take the silver and the gold. Make an elaborate crown. Set it on the head of Joshua, the high priest. The son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Then speak to him saying, now look what it says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, from his place he shall branch out, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Verse 13, yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall bear the glory and shall sit and rule on his throne. So he shall be a priest on his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both. This branch, of course, is Jesus Christ. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com, or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. And the Jews recognized this as a messianic prophecy. They recognized the branch is, is speaking of uh, the Messiah. There, we saw this back in chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 8. I am bringing forth my servant, the branch. 
Uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And so this branch, this branch is speaking of Jesus Christ that will come. And in the context here, this is like a coronation ceremony, if you will, for Joshua, the high priest, who's the high priest in the days of Zechariah. The the name Joshua, when it's translated into Greek, is the name Jesus. It's the same name. Uh, And the name Joshua or Jesus, it means Jehovah is salvation. If you remember when the angel told Joseph to name the son Mary gives birth to Jesus, the angel said, for he will save his people from their sins. That's what the name Jesus means. Jehovah is salvation. Name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now look at verses 12 and 13. Verses 12 and 13 tell us, it's repeated, that this branch, when he comes, speaking of Jesus, he will build the temple of the Lord. He will build the temple of the Lord. When Jesus Christ returns to the earth, Right. So you've got uh, just a quick timeline. Remember, you've got the rapture of the church. That's the next thing to happen. And then sometime after the rapture of the church, you've got the Antichrist will enter into the seven year uh, agreement that will will mark the beginning of the seven year tribulation period when God pours out his wrath upon this Christ rejecting rebellious world for seven years. At the end of that, you have the battle of Armageddon, which prompts Jesus Christ to return to the earth and glory and power. And he returns to the earth uh, and we believers will return from heaven with him to the earth at that time. And when Jesus returns to the earth, he will establish his kingdom on the earth in Jerusalem and he will build a new temple in Jerusalem. And this is known as the, the millennial temple or the kingdom age temple or even the messy, the messianic temple. And we see that here prophesied in Zechariah verse six, chapter or verse six, verse twelve, chapter six, verse twelve and thirteen, that he shall build the temple of the Lord. Now, Orthodox Jews today will tell you that they will know the identity of the Messiah when he comes because he will build the temple in Jerusalem. And that's how they will identify him. If you ask them, Well, how will you know he will be of the line of David and from the tribe of Judah? Because there's prophecies that say that they will tell you God will know, but we will know who the Messiah is because he will build our temple in Jerusalem. And they point to this prophecy and they use this prophecy in this verse that the Messiah will build the temple. And that's how they will identify the Messiah when he comes. There's a group of Orthodox Jews in Jerusalem today who have already manufactured all of the furnishings and all of the instruments that will be used in the next temple. Uh, They have the the golden lampstand and the tables and the utensils, like everything that they will need for the service of the temple. They've already started cutting the stones for the next temple using the same quarry that Solomon used. They've begun uh, training priests for service in the temple, they are waiting and ready for the Messiah to come and build the temple. There's a museum in Jerusalem called the Temple Institute, which you can go to today and you can see many of the gold and silver furnishings and instruments 
that have been made that will be used in the temple. The problem with this is the Bible tells us there will be a temple built under the Antichrist before the Messianic temple. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 tells us the Antichrist, it says, will bring an end to the sacrifice and offerings in the temple. And he will erect an idol in the temple that's called the abomination of desolation. So there will be another temple during the time of the Antichrist preceding the kingdom age and the messianic temple. It could be that the Antichrist builds it. Uh, it could be that it is it's just built during his, his reign. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 tells us that the Antichrist will sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. So that implies that there's going to be a temple during the time of of the Antichrist standing in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. And so sadly, many of these Orthodox Jews who are saying, we'll know the Messiah because he's going to rebuild our temple, they will embrace the Antichrist and believe that he's their Messiah because he will build a temple for the Jews. But the Bible says halfway through the seven-year period, the, the Antichrist will put an end to the sacrifices in the temple who erect an idol in the Holy of Holies, demand to be worshipped as God. And at that point, the Jews will realize the mistake they've made. This is why Jesus says in Matthew 24, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. When you see this happen, run for your lives, Jesus says. And so the Messiah, Jesus Christ, will build a temple during the kingdom age, during the millennial reign of Christ. But there's going to be another temple before that period under the reign of the Antichrist. Look at verse 14. Now the elaborate crown shall be for a memorial and the temple of the Lord for Halem, Tobiah, Jediah, and Hin, the son of Zephaniah. Even those from afar off shall come and build the temple of the Lord. So this is during the kingdom age when Christ is returned. Even those who are far off shall come and help build the temple. Then you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And this shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. So even those who are far off will help build the temple in the kingdom age. Who are those who are afar off? Gentile believers. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. We were once far away from God, and we've been brought near to him now through the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed for us on the cross. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for our salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you have rescued us and saved us from judgment through your death on the cross. Lord, we we thank you for all of these These promises that we see here and these prophecies in Zechariah, we thank you, Lord, that one day you're going to come again to this earth and you're going to establish your kingdom here on this earth. And one day we'll be with you in Jerusalem, worshiping at the temple that you build. And Lord, we see many of these things happening in the world today, how they're just puzzle pieces falling into place. We see how things are coming together. And Lord, you tell us in your word that when we see these things, we should look up. And so, Lord, help us to just set our hearts and minds on things above where you are, Lord, and not on the craziness in this world. 
And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah, one of the Old Testament books of prophecy. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. God's Word can speak to you in a variety of ways, and it can reach you in a personal way too. If you'd like to hear more messages from this series, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. You'll also notice a tab for giving and a tab for serving opportunities. Make sure to check those out and think about being a part of this ministry and the church as a whole. If you have questions, please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. Or feel free to connect with us through our website. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.